This is Leo Hart, and this is episode 8 of Belief Unboxed. Let's roll. So in the spirit of meeting new and interesting people, which is one of the things I wanted this podcast to be about, I am going to bring you today an interview I actually recorded a few months ago with a gentleman by the name of Jake Widman. And uh, I met him kind of by happenstance, and we'll talk about how that occurred within the interview. But this guy's just super positive. He's in the self-mastery space. He's got a book coming out, and I actually have joined his uh, Facebook group. And uh, it's just really interesting, the content and the uh, way he challenges people, which is very positive. And uh, I'm excited to uh, get to know his message and his story better. And then uh, uh, he's also traded interviews with me. And so I uh, have my story on his podcast uh, called uh, Solo Good. So you can find that on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else that you source podcasts. That's S-O-L-O-G-O-O-D dot C-O for his website. And then the uh, podcast is uh, similar to that. So check that out. Uh, so here's our interview that we did about three months ago. I'm getting it published now. I'm a little bit of a procrastinator. And his book actually just recently hit, and that's called Up. And we talk about that again in the interview as well. I'll see you on the backside. Leo, thank you, man, for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. So, yeah, beautiful Sunday here in central Wisconsin. I couldn't really ask for much more. Well, Jake, as you know, we met on the Anchor app. In fact, it was kind of a, uh, 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 a mistake, right? You were just pressing buttons. <laughs> and uh, exactly. I think it was fortuitous, though, because I think that uh, we share a lot of the same goals in what we're doing in self-development, self-improvement. And uh, um, what I'm trying to do with Belief Unboxed, it's, it's actually evolving. But uh, what I hope to do is more interviews like this with other people in the space to kind of see how they're actually tackling self-improvement, self-awareness, self-development. And then obviously there are typically stories behind why they're doing what they're doing. So I want to be able to jump into those and really see if other people out there listening can kind of uh, uh, draw and resonate with those stories in order to uh, help them kind of get on their way. So um, maybe we could lead off with you just kind of saying uh, who you are, where you kind of came from, and uh, uh, at least uh, where you see yourself in the self-development space currently. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I mentioned central Wisconsin. So that is where I grew up, spent the first 21 years of my, well, 20 years of my life at age 18. I enlisted in the military, the army to be exact. And from there, you know, the whole basic training, all that good stuff, did a semester at a university near my hometown and then went off to my first deployment, came back from there thinking that I knew everything and, and wanted to what I now call make up for lost time. You know, I was gone for a year in the miserable heat of Kuwait and came back after seeing on social media all of my friends and everyone living it up and, and experiencing the traditional or typical experiences of college life. So came back wanting to, like I said, make up for lost time. And, um, yes, went out 
I think almost the the first night after I got home as a newly 21 year old kid with all my friends, stuff like that. About a month after my return, went out to Las Vegas, spent 10 days out there, which wound up being several days too long, but spent uh, way more money than I had planned on. And then came back and just most or pretty rapidly fell into a addicted to alcohol, uh, waking up the next morning to cure my hangover with weed or any other substance I could get my hands on. And <clears throat> excuse me, with that, uh, about six months into my return home from that deployment, I went out with some friends one night, came home, put the car in park in my driveway and looked down at my phone, had a text message from a good friend saying, Hey, Whitman, we got some drinks here that you left. So I look over to my right to my friend in the passenger seat and say, you know, should we go back and grab them? And uh, he looks at me and says, yeah, we go back, grab the shots. Literally five minutes later, we were walking back out the door and pull out of the parking lot. And the, it was just starting to snow out. So January, Wisconsin, lots of snow, freezing cold. And uh, um, took a shortcut through a parking lot. And as I was pulling out, a cop turned his lights on behind me. And I uh, saw that I was getting pulled over, and without putting really any thought into it, I just decided to try and make a run for it and make it back to my house. And I don't know. Like I said, not a whole lot of thought was put into it. But I did make it back to my house, uh, onto my front steps. And as I was fumbling with the keys to, to get into my house, uh, the officer had run up behind me and conveniently threatened to tase me. So I lay on the ground and obeyed every order that he uh, shouted at me, spent the next three days in jail to be bailed out by my brother and my three-year-old nephew, and then spent the next three months really just in a perpetual downfall. Um, I should mention after that, uh, that, third, that day of getting out of jail and getting picked up by my brother, I went right back into the same routine that I was in. Um, and we can get into that more later about why I believe that happened. But yeah, so spent the next three months continually just trying to figure it out. And really the only thing that I had left that kept me going was hope that one one day my life wouldn't be as it currently was. So I made it to about month 10 after serving 12 days of house arrest, which was the punishment for the fleeing an officer, which is, um, I don't know about everyone who's listening, what it is. Uh, equates to as a punishment but it is a felony i got it did get it reduced reduced to a misdemeanor through the uh the help of my lawyer and you know probably didn't hurt that i had some military service and stuff like that um yeah so anyways went on my second deployment made some commitments to myself family that i would come back and and turn things around and came back slowly started falling into the ways of my past and fortunately met my wife who showed me for really the first time in uh, about a decade that you could have fun in life without alcohol. And so I learned that really quick of spending almost every day with her for a month, going to the beach and just, just random stuff that you do when you like someone and want to spend time with them and you don't need the, a substance to, to amplify or, um, yeah, give that facade that you're amplifying the fun anyways. Well, I was just going to ask, so then would you say that it was really just her positive influence that kind of really spurned you into doing more for yourself? Or was there other things going on as well besides her? Yeah. Um, 
I, so I don't really think as kind of like, you know, epiphanies almost, I don't really so much believe that it's ever just one thing. It wasn't just one thing that led to that night where I'm driving my car away from that officer while being, you know, while intoxicated. It wasn't, that wasn't just a one decision. It was all of the decisions I made prior to that, that made that decision even possible in my mind. And it was, yeah. So I had the will to turn my life around the desire to, I had some plans and goals set in place, but ultimately it was her that brought all of those goals, desires, hope, together kind of as a nice neatly packaged thing to um to then be able to really kind of step on the gas in the right direction and and see those changes much much quicker so then with that kind of then underway what clicked for you that said hey i want to do something more than just you know me recognizing in myself that you know i can be happy and that i can um uh find joy within my own life when did you say hey i want to reach out to others and i want to impact others in the same way that i was able to make change in my own life yeah awesome question um so i think almost as we talked i was i was thinking about this as we talked last week about um you know the 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 weird stigma or not stigma the weird beliefs i have around um sales um for myself so as i was um, just I, thinking about the, the questions that the question that you had left me with and stuff like that, I realized or yeah, I guess realized is appropriate that I do have a really high level of empathy, the ability to put myself in someone else's shoes and feel how they're feeling or imagine what it feels like to, to experience what they're going through. And it just really brings me almost a, a, a physical sense of pain when I see others also in pain and and it's when I saw how avoidable my situation and circumstances were that I guess I'll, I'll, I'll preface that with and also in sharing my own story and getting messages and just people saying wow as they see me as I am now um, I never would have imagined that you would be someone like that or that that would have been your life or something and so I saw that the power of stories of an individual story to be able to share it and impact others was incredibly profound. So yeah, just being able to see that work and then realize that, you know, just sharing it more with other people and, and hearing other people's stories to also change my own life. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's so great. Now, how can you tell us a little bit how you want to make that impact with other people? What are the things that you're doing um, in your everyday practice yeah so fortunately um i've entrusted in the advice of people who are where i want to be and know that know how important patience is so because i am currently still in the military for another few years and um on active duty orders not technically active duty but that's a whole other weird situation to get into um yeah, so the, the long game is to be able to go and speak to uh, high school-aged kids or college students. I think college is a little more appropriate as it's a time where all of those experiences and, and decisions to be made that I went through when I was newly 21 are happening. And I think my story is a little more appropriate for that age. And then also um, just building a following on social media is super important. I love writing, so... 
being able to, you know, post something and then write about my experience or my perspective of it. And also just through the book that I also uh, just recently finished this last week, uh, wrote it, uh, went through all the editing, and then sent it over to the publisher for the final copy edit, which just, you know, make sure your period, semicolons, uh, grammar, all that stuff is is correct. And then, um, yeah, and just really through hearing other people's stories and continually sharing my own is, uh, um, I don't know, there's just something... And I know I'm not the only one because, I mean, the art of storytelling is something that is incredible and in what makes a good movie, a good book, uh, a good play really good. So um, I just don't think that people trust or believe that their stories are that impactful because they get told either one way or another that it's not or they tell themselves that it's not when in reality it's absolutely nothing but the but false that their story is absolutely incredible. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that um, we tend to look at things like, okay, are we going to um, cater to the the mass? Well, maybe potentially not, but you, there is a very good chance that there are tons of people just like you in similar situations, or at least there's components of your situation within theirs that they can say, hey, I resonate with that. I could take something that they're doing and kind of maybe put my own spin on it and then work with it in that same capacity. And so just by doing that sharing, and you know what's weird too, is what I find that when I'm telling my own story, it's like um, it's like breathing, you know, and and I'm I'm it's not difficult at all. And you can see when people lock in on certain aspects and then you can kind of focus in there and really give them the value and the help that they need in order to uh, kind of build their own ideas and their own plan to move forward, uh, you know, kind of assimilating that into what they're doing. Now, on as on the topic of the book, uh, how would you kind of classify what you're doing in that book? I know we haven't talked about the book in some of our side conversations, but what what is the focus of the book? And are you able to talk about that yet? And and how would you uh, uh, kind of give a preview to that? Because I know it doesn't come out till is the fall. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to briefly mention, just to touch on that last topic, is just because uh, I know in my own journey, it was in hearing another person's story, and then being able to from that story, then say, I'm not the only one. Just that that phrase, that sentence, whatever you want to call it, is so incredibly powerful because when we feel like we're alone, that I'm the only person on earth who has ever gone through the, gone through this and felt this way and thought these things, it's, in a, it's a terrible place to be. And I've been there for brief periods of time, but when you can relate to another person's story and say, dang, they made it through this. They're no different than I am or I was. Why can't I make it through this as well? Like, yeah, I got goosebumps talking about this. And that, you know, I had that when I heard you start your story as well, just because it's inspiring. So, um, but yeah, to, to answer your question. So, um, just so, so more so like, what was it about and stuff like that? And yeah, just, and, just like, how were you inspired to go whatever direction that you went and what is that direction? Right. Um, so it, it's, so I, I do enjoy writing. It started off kind of weird, though. My wife and I were sitting in bed one night, and just I had this desire to do something more with my life. And I was in a job that I wasn't all that um, enjoying all that much. 
And she's like, well, why don't you just start writing a book? You've always wanted to. And I was like, of course, like we, we so often do. I came up with excuses why I couldn't start then or why ah, that's just not impactful enough or whatever. So anyways, long story short, started writing the next day, wrote maybe five, six pages. And for about three months straight, every morning woke up at 5 a.m. and wrote, you know, another five, six pages, wrote, uh, made my coffee, wrote five, six pages, went and got ready for work, went to work. And um, yeah, after three months, I had about 250 pages of just literally recounting my story um, from about early teen to present moment, what I, you know, writing the book and uh, had just, I, I love people, love connecting with people. So I had randomly come across the connection via my wife to a lady who had gone through this boutique publishing company, which is kind of midway between self-publishing and a big box, you know, Penguin Random House, Thomas Nelson Publisher, something like that, and contacted them. And uh, her name is Amy. She really helped me with the more flushing out of the storytelling and the the uh, the stuff like that. So it was so incredibly helpful to have her there and kind of put the, the content that I had wrote into a more thematic storytelling form, uh, you know, something more consumable and enjoyable rather than just a happened, then B happened, then C happened. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how that came about. And it was really, I guess I classify it as a self-help memoir. I try to stay away from the title, the, the self-help genre, just because I think that gets watered down at times. And, and um, yeah, but overall, that's that's if I'm being honest, that's what it is, because it's my story where the memoir parts part comes in. And then how I overcame the adversity in my life is where that, that self-help part comes in. And Jake, what's the name of that book going to be? So it's called Up, and the um, the subtitle is Lessons of Adversity, Hitting Bottom, and Choosing a Life That Matters. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Very cool. Uh, and you said, just to reiterate, that's going to be fall? Yeah, September uh, 18th of 2018. Um, and oddly enough, we were I was sitting down with my publisher, and we were thinking of titles. I had a whole list of brainstormed ideas, and... From what we found, anyways, there is no other book that has ever been written just called Up. So that was kind of neat, anyways. That That's interesting. You would think such a common word like that, there'd be something with that name. Right. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Because we were thinking of like bottoms up, like a pun, play on words right. with uh, drinking, stuff like that. There were a few called that. But no, from what we could find, there was nothing titled just Up. So kind of neat. And then I also understand that you've got an impending um, podcast that's going to be you're going to be producing. Is that correct? I do. I do. Indeed. Yes. And so can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to focus on in that podcast? And do you already have a name for that? So I do. <clears throat> yeah, this is kind of bring everything full circle. So first deployment, I really had a profound affinity for indie t-shirt companies. So a few like Ugg Monk or Johnny Cupcakes is a big one. Um, that people may have heard of and just just being able to take an idea and create it and into a t-shirt brand and put you know this actually this shirt I have on it says uh, so I heard on this podcast because um, I'm always saying that to my wife so I heard on this podcast today after I, and uh, anyway so yeah um, I had this idea I came up with the name solo good so it was just the idea of being yourself essentially kind of being selfish almost and putting yourself first so that you can then go out into the world and be of better service to others. And so that's, I, I really like the name. I like the branding I'd come up with around it, but 
it had what had started as a t-shirt company obviously after my first deployment life kind of fell apart all the bad things tied with that brand and everything i just i couldn't bring myself to do anything with it so now being in a, an incredibly much better spot i still really love the branding i love the the name and so yeah that's what it's going to be called um solo good self mastery podcast just a, um interviewing people much like yourself with incredible stories which that leaves the uh the potential list of interviewer interviewees lengthy because like i said earlier i think everybody has a, a pretty profound story and uh, just interviewing them about the adversity that they either have or are going through and what they either, again, are or did do to overcome it. Because I think when, like I said earlier, you can relate to someone else's story and say, dang, I'm, I'm not the only one. It's, there's a lot of freedom and power in that. And where will people be able to source that um, from traditional um, podcast uh, directories or, or, or hosting? Or where are you going to be uh, publishing from? Yeah, so mostly I'm familiar with iTunes. I did have a podcast in the past that I hosted on there, and uh, I did do it on SoundCloud, and so it'll be definitely be on those two. I know Spotify has become a pretty popular spot as well, so I'll probably figure out mm -hmm. how to put it on there. And then, uh, as we shared in the beginning, once I figure out Anchor a little bit more, I'll be pushing out at least some of the content to Anchor. And you think we could potentially see the first episode of that in the next month or so from what I saw you write on Instagram or? Yeah, uh, in, in June I'm planning on. So really every single ounce of free time I've had over the last year or two has gone into the book in some form or fashion. And now that that's almost completely off my hands, aside from, you know, some marketing efforts, I have two or three other things, one of which is the podcast that I'll be working on and giving most of my efforts to and looking to launch around June timeframe by the time I get enough uh, episodes recorded. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so you and I, we, as you know, we did a session, right? Mm -hmm. um, people that listen to this podcast, they potentially know that I work with individuals and business owners to do what I lovingly call belief exploration. And that essentially is to, you know, take any topic that they would like to uh, uh, kind of know or understand better in their life and then just go through a Socratic dialogue that I help facilitate and really um, the explorer or the person who is doing that exploring uh, they really take the session where they want to go. So I, I kind of wanted to just get your take on uh, now that you've had a few days to kind of consume uh, what we did in that session, what are your thoughts about that? Did you have any other realizations after we uh, met that day, which I think what was about three or four days ago? Um, anyway, just just what are your thoughts on that session that we did? So I going in, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I knew that in our initial conversation after we had the the weird little thing on on anchor, that, um, you know, like I said, I heard your story first and I really just in a few minutes or that hour that we first talked, I really liked you. So I was optimistic that the topic that I had chosen, which was just kind of why I'm awkward around sales or why I kind of freeze up whenever the topic of money comes into a conversation and being able to explore that and understand it in ways that even though I had spent time at, on it in the past, 
was, yeah, just really eye-opening, I guess, because even, I think as we covered during the call, you said we kind of like tell ourselves, and you may be able to rephrase it a little bit better, but we tell ourselves that we're working on it, but we are only kind of putting up a mask so as not to to uh, really deal with the issues that we're that we're going through so i don't know just i guess i don't the, the questions that you asked and the way you asked them and how you asked them and when you asked them were incredibly beneficial and then being able to then go and think about it over the next few days um really opened my eyes a lot more to kind of the um just the oddity that i have a around the topic of money and why I struggled to, to talk about it and feel guilty as we talked about during the, the episode or during the, uh, the session, uh, and why that either is or isn't warranted. And do you think that, uh, what realizations that you had, do you think those will enable you maybe potentially in the next time you have similar situations to maybe kind of look at them from a different perspective, even in the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Because even as it came up in the, in a session that I knew that they were a bit silly. Some of the beliefs that I had, like of, of which one was, uh, for those of you listening now to give you a back, a little backstory that I would sort of prejudge people on their financial, um, stability, I guess you could say. And, and not that I was judging them saying, uh, you know, thinking less of them. It was judging them on the basis of whether or not they could afford, I used to do wedding videography, so whether or not they could afford the service that I was providing, or like in the story of my dad not asking him out to dinner, not wanting to ask him out to dinner because I didn't want to burden him with uh, the, we were going to a place that was a little bit more expensive than a regular mom and pop restaurant or something like that, and not wanting to burden him with that. And I just realized after we were talking and everything that uh, it was it was just silly. And my wife has, right before we jumped on this call, there was something uh, that we had talked about in the past that she just kind of ignored. And then we were watching this documentary right before I, uh, we, we jumped on this call. And she said, yeah, sometimes I just need to hear it from someone else. And some of the stuff that you had said to me was stuff that, you know, she had told me before. But hearing it from you was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that is, that is, that is <laughs> silly. And I think that's why pod, podcasts in general are so great, too, because Sometimes it just takes a certain moment, a certain, I don't know, person to say something. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense finally, even though I've heard it 10 times before from 10 other people. Definitely, definitely. I have that same experience with my wife as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very cool, very cool. Hey, so in the wrap-up minutes here, I, in the spirit of storytelling, you did kind of tell that story earlier on about, um, you know, your... your, uh, exchange with the local authorities <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. when you uh, uh, had those challenges way back when. But um, I, I really want to give my guests an opportunity to kind of take the conversation anywhere they want to go. And I didn't know if there was a particular story that really resonated for you that you might want to outline or kind of go into in some depth uh, here for this uh, episode of Belief Unboxed. Yeah. Um... Let me think for a second. So, <clears throat> I like to I like to kind of uh, 
uh, or I, I shouldn't say I like to, I would like to catch my, my guests a little bit off guard so they could just kind of think about it in the moment. And if there's something that, because uh, I, I know some go-to stories of my own that I, that I jump on and I didn't know if there was some things from your life um, in this process that really uh, kind of encapsulated, you know, why you're doing what you're doing, uh, whether it was an exchange with somebody that you had or, mm-hmm. or uh, a relationship that you, that you uh, either made better or created because of the tools that you've developed, that, that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So there, I'll, I'll go with, with two things. One is just a, a good story. And two is life advice that I think everyone, if they followed, would be in a much better spot. So the first one is a story that it was almost kind of poetic in my book as I wrote it. But so uh, I wake up morning in jail, I look out between the bars and, and I, you know, obviously I was drunk when I arrived there. I knew where I was, but I think we oftentimes just want to tell ourselves that our situation is different than what it actually is. So I look out the big loud click in the jail cell. The, so I was in a cell block of four different cells within a bigger area. So the doors open and I'm just sitting on my bed or lying on my bed, um, terrified because I can hear other voices and I've never only driven by jails or prisons before. And so anyways, two guys come out, they're on the table talking and I kind of gauge the situation going back to almost some survival instincts of if it's safe to come out or whatever. So anyways, I, after enough time I come out and end up making decent friends with these guys and just, I mean, there's a small little TV up in the corner and after enough time, you just, you run out of things to talk about or you run out of stuff to do. And so I just started pacing around the, the, I don't know, maybe a 20 by 10 block area of the cell where they had a picnic table and, um, just a, a open area. And so I'm pacing around there and I didn't really ever think about it in the moment. But then as I'm writing my book, I realized that like when we're kids and you or you've seen in movies or at least here in Wisconsin when you're going through the the two feet of snow and you have your dad or someone that you look up to walking in front of you and they look back and they tell you to hey just follow in my footsteps you won't you know you don't have to step and dredge through this these two feet of snow because you can step in my my footprints and and make it a lot easier for you and then I realized how much that related to this moment as I'm pacing around this 20 by 10 cell block of the worn footprints on the concrete. And I realized that I'm pacing in these footprints of, you know, maybe thousands or I I don't know how many, but many, many men who had come before me who were just walking in the man before them, their footprints. And I just realized that I was no longer walking in, uh, as I wrote in the book, my dad's nor anyone else's footprints for that matter. I was walking down a path that I had forged on my own against the, you know, the advice and the desire of my parents and friends and found myself in jail and facing a much, uh, a very steep hill or deep pit to climb out of to make my way back to just even level ground, let alone building a, a big, profound structure on top of that level ground of which I could be proud of. And then, um, and then the, oh, just the, the advice is, a quote that I um, just kind of, again, was one of those things that I heard and, and sort of knew, and it definitely seems common sense, but I had heard it from uh, John Lee Dumas, which is, he's the host of the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast, and 
I think it was one of his earlier episodes when I first started listening to podcasts. And at the end of every show, he says, you're the average of uh, the the people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging with John Lee Dumas and whoever his guest is. And I just heard this enough times every day. And then I started to apply that in my life when my wife and I moved from central Wisconsin to central Indiana. And I realized how transformational that was in my life. And as I progressed through my story, I saw after giving that advice to others and just seeing them apply that to their own lives, how powerful relationships and people are when you have people who are not going to let you talk yourself out of doing something that you want to do or believe in crazy excuses um, and really just encourage you and build you up that uh, that's really the biggest life hack there is. So I'll leave it with that for now. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, and, uh, Let's just reiterate, so we got the book up coming out in the fall, then podcast, uh, as well as Instagram under the handle SoloGood, is that correct? Yeah, SoloGood.co, correct. Yeah, SoloGood.com was taken. It's been it's been parked since, since I tried to buy it in like 2010, so they're relentless. Gotcha, gotcha. So those are where people can find you, and then also I want to make it a habit of asking my guests... Uh, a couple of awesome podcasts that you're listening to right now or that you're just fond of overall, what would you recommend? Oh, so many, so many, all of them. Um, really, so I guess the biggest tip I would have is, is since people are so different, uh, the biggest tip would be just find what, there's a genre for every single possible thing you could be interested in, whether you just want to be entertained and listen to a comedy podcast or um, documentary style podcast or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but a few that I'm listening to right now, uh, I'm always a huge fan of Radiolab, which is just incredible storytelling about, they start with a oftentimes just boring topic and they peel away a little layer and they peel away a little layer and they keep going until they get to this just point where you get goosebumps and you are just, your mind is blown, I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, so just as far as general, interesting um, storytelling type podcast, Radiolab uh, is a phenomenal one. And then more self-development or personal development style podcast, Tim Ferriss, um, a huge, huge fan of Lewis Howes. And, and then I'm always listening to Joe Rogan just has some really interesting guests. He's funny and uh, has a really interesting, reasonable perspective Definitely. about, about life. So Joe Rogan's a good one too, but his shows are about three hours. So you got to carve out some time for him. <laughs> it's quite an investment. No, I, I've made that investment many, many days and my wife does not appreciate it. Um, well, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us here on the podcast today. Leo, absolutely, man. Thank you so much. I always enjoy talking. All right, cool. Talk to you later, Jake. All right. that's it for the interview with Jake Widman. Hope you enjoyed it. And there'll be more next week on Belief Unboxed. See ya.